The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. CBS Sports Daily the Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is probably Tuesday, September 13th. You're listening to this podcast uh, if you're hanging out with us on YouTube, we're going to squeeze in a little bit of Monday, September 12th. Uh, we would have gotten maybe the whole podcast in on Monday night, except John Breach decided to show up like he's some diva who doesn't like like work within the framework of these rules. Um, when I'm criticizing your tardiness, you know it's reached uh, the point of like you may want to think about an adjustment. Breach. Rethink your life decisions, Breach. Yeah, rethink your life decisions. In Re- my defense, uh, I have to write about stuff after the game. No, you, you sent a 1,400-word tweet about the kick, <laughs> the 64-yard kick. That no one cares like, about. You could have just typed, like, at one point when I was rambling on here. Anyway, joining me to break down, I thought what was a fun game, only because I yeah. picked the Seahawks to win. A 17- Did you? Yeah, baby. Good for you. I had the Giants to win, the Seahawks to win. I had a bunch of upsets. Uh, actually, I had the Steelers to win, too, I think. Not a not a bunch. You had some upsets. Let's be real. Those Can upsets you... were actually the only three games Brinson got right this week. Right, correct. <laughs> what is happening here? Uh, but I think it, I thought it was a fun that, game I too. Told, I was told not to play that. Ek ek said we played it too much on Sunday night. <laughs> I thought, and I agree. I thought it was a fun game. It was a fun game. Um, Russell Wilson's return. Yeah, yeah, I know you're getting exposed to your breach the last two nights. Though. People, are, people know that you're the <laughs> ice reason. cream's delicious, and especially when you turn it yourself. It is delicious, but on your own time, butt nut. Yeah. But not. Anyway, <laughs> joining me, Ryan Wilson and John Breach, of course, to break down the 17-16 Seahawks victory over the Broncos. A massive win for Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. And maybe a telling loss for the Broncos. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10. what um, This loss is way, way, way worse than the Bengals loss. Oh, I'm, not, I'm, not sure. taking a, I'm not taking a shot at Breach. I'm, I'm being honest. Okay, way, I, mean, I, I would just say like, all right, so we get into the specifics of the loss, and, and but I do want to know, like on a scale of one to ten, like what is your panic level for the Broncos in twenty twenty two after seeing them in week one? Because I'm, I'm glad you asked that question because I have the Chargers winning the division and I had the Broncos missing the, the the playoffs. I had that from Jump Street because I thought I wasn't sure how quickly Russ would come in and be able to to assimilate to a new team, so on and so forth. Um, Here's something. Who's targets for Javante Williams? Twelve targets for 11, 11 catches, sixty-five yards. What the hell? I mean, Nathaniel Hackett blew the doors off any storylines we had coming into this game, and we'll talk yep. about that in a second. But uh, I want to ask you something, Breach and, and Brinson. I get the sense that for as happy-go-lucky as soon-to-be seventy-one-year-old Pete Carroll is, that man feels like he can hold a grudge. And oh, he he's, wanted, a, he's kind of a savage. He wanted to stick it to Russ so bad. I love the fact that they had their left tackle and their right tackle as rookies. Those right, the Charles Cross played extremely well, except for a couple sacks down the stretch. No disrespect because Chubb is really good. The offensive line looks like it might be pretty good. They might be good. And he was not afraid to throw the ball. So Gino whip it, whip it around there like, hey, we're letting Gino cook. Hey, Russ, like, please do, bro. And by the way, 
Gino absolutely balled out. Yes. I, I like that you check every box of like you you like a, a perfect vacation. Gino provided the perfect vacation for beleaguered Seahawks fans. Uh, who who knew all they need to do is get rid of Russ Wilson. <laughs> they were suddenly good. Well, it, it is interesting because like if you took Russell Wilson on a normal Seahawks team and used this game plan, like they came out passing, they came out being they they played it they played an entirely different defense in, in both the Manning cast and, and I believe uh Buck and Aikman, who who also, by the way, great. What did so so easy to watch those so guys. So easy. I don't care that Aikman hates hates Me either. Uh uh-uh. uh. I could just listen to the game, enjoy it. I have to yell and scream about stuff. They played an entirely different defense than what the Seahawks played like throughout the entire tenure of Russell Wilson playing there, which definitely threw Russell off. Um, Peyton Manning made a good point in the Manning cast that his return to Indianapolis happened in the second season, like seventh week of the second season he was playing for the Broncos. And it's just the point that like, if, like it's it's Russell is still getting used to I'm paraphrasing here. Russell's getting used to wearing a Broncos uniform and he has to go back to Seattle and you're playing in this crowd that is, you know, a year from now, maybe would have, you know, not booed you because you're, you're moved a little bit, but like at this point, definitely we're booing you. We're being loud. And, but the Colts, um, the Colts fans love Peyton. That was different. Yeah. For, he was there 14 years. I mean, Russ was there. And we were actually in the room when we heard about the, the neck actually, injury. We had, we had the scoop. We had the scoop for anyone else. Yeah, you that had no beard and I had hair. It was quite a quite a world to be living in. That's right. Um, I, I I thought that I, I just you know look the, the Broncos fumbled twice to the one yard line. This game could have obviously gone in a different direction, but man, I mean the Seahawks. If, if it feels like the C, this if if the Seahawks use this game plan for the entire year, I don't think it's crazy that they could make some noise. And even I know this is gonna sound this is gonna sound crazy. You, the you are the king of the overreactions. Go no, ahead. No, but like we've seen the fault, the faults, and the flaws with the other NFC West teams. Is Geno Smith better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Let's start there. You're hesitating. I don't think, no, no. I, I was going to say the all of a sudden the Geno Wentz, the Geno Wentz comparison is like you look a lot better. Oh than yeah, Debo. What about that? <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I, I, just, great, I just put it in the chat. Like we can have a weekly tracker on this until I leave the podcast. <laughs> and for, for the next four years. <laughs> next week. And I'll give you week one, Ryan. I will give you week one as a genius. <laughs> both both came out victorious, uh, but I'll give you Gino in week one. Uh, Breach, let me ask you this. Would the Bengals have beaten the Steelers if Geno Smith were their quarterback yesterday? (laughs) What is happening here? Go ahead. And you want me to answer that question for real? I thought we thought you were making ice cream. Uh, (laughs) You can answer whatever you want to talk about. I wish I could make you ice cream. Go ahead. It's possible. I don't think Geno Smith turns the ball over five times. And then if he doesn't, the Steelers only score 10 points. So, what do you think about my theory about Pete Carroll being just trying to stick the knife into Russ's back? Did you see the Lisa Salter's report? Well, Pete Carroll didn't have to because Nathaniel Hackett did. He stuck the knife in Russell Wilson's back. That's like the biggest takeaway from this game of all is like you traded Russell Wilson was unhappy because Seattle wouldn't let him go win games cook. So they trade him, let him cook. So they trade him to Denver and Denver's like, yeah, Oh, it's time to let Russ in the kitchen. He's going to own the kitchen giving him an apron, a little saute pan, a couple of spatulas, maybe like a little fire roaster flambe thing. And then Nathaniel Hackett, they give him a bunch of money. And then Nathaniel Hackett, what was it? 65 or 64? 64. He said it was for a 64 yard field goal. Instead of letting Russell Wilson attempt a fourth and five, but I think so, they had three timeouts, maybe two. They had three timeouts. There was a minute left on the clock when they ran that third down play to be. The clock was running. Like, Dude, call timeout. And even Aikman was like, "What are you doing?" So, breach. If you're Brandon McManus, who apparently has a better field goal percentage beyond 50 yards away from Denver, which is interesting, and you're standing there, uh, are you wanting to go out there knowing that you have Russ Wilson on your team now? This isn't Drew Locke situation. Like, what is he thinking? Well, he's he's not going out for that kick unless. The Broncos aren't attempting that kick unless he said he could make it. So is he, he saying no though? Would he say no? He feels comfortable kicking that ball. Otherwise, they wouldn't have attempted it. And so I'm sure he hit something near that range or around that range in warm-ups that made him think he could get that. And, and to his credible well. like the kick was close. It was close. Yeah. But uh as I wrote on Twitter, the the tweet no, that God. Brinson is making fun of is 
There have only been two field goals in NFL history of 64 yards or more. That is the lowest of the low percentage possibilities. Analytics, however you want to look at this, this is an improbable kick. You do not send your kicker out there in the loudest stadium in the country on the road to attempt a 64-yard field goal with the game on the line and with 20 seconds left. It's not even like there's two seconds left and you're forced in this situation because it's the last play of the game. This was just a bonkers call that, man, if you're Nathaniel Hackett and you were just trying to first game ever trying to uh, look like a coach. And now you're, like a, a coach. You're, you're Mike McCarthy. Now you're on the hot seat. Just to be clear, how many, how many field goals have been made of 64 plus yards Two ever, ever, ever. I saw Ed Warner tweet that ESP and analytics had 30% win probability on field goal attempt. That's not true. I mean, like if, if two field goals have ever been made, this is wrong. Uh, first, Brandon McManus is 12.5% on kicks of 60 or more yards, one for eight. So I don't know where they're getting 30% from. And then if you go from uh, 64 yards or longer, all NFL kickers in history are two for 41, which is 4.9%. So I don't know in what world uh, they're getting 30% chance on a 64 yard field. Let's, 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 let's wait for ESPN stats and info to actually tweet that out. That's from Ed. I don't know if it's Ed Warner, a great reporter, but okay. Like, let me ask you this. So 12 and a half percent chance that McManus makes it based on history. Where are you fourth and five Russ Wilson, the ball in his hands with, if you call time at one minute at him converting that fourth and five. Well, we know I'm the field goal guy it's and I love field goals, but I'm, I'm going for it with Russell Wilson. I trade all Absolutely. my draft picks to get Russell Wilson. Right. I'm letting Russell Wilson go for it on fourth and five. That the, was the, So the Broncos had the ball. Michael uh, Michael Dixon punted with 4.11 left. The Broncos had first and 10 of their own 22 with 4.02 left. They get up to their own 40 with two minutes left. They go to the two-minute warning. Russell... Uh, uh, Oh, did they – or did they have first and 10 on their own 49 coming out of the two-minute warning, right? And then Javante Williams gets stuffed in the backfield. All of a sudden, it's second and 14. Seattle had to call timeout because Barton, their linebacker, was injured. Like There was a required timeout by the officials. And so it's second and 14 with a minute 13 left on De- Denver on their own 45. Yep. At, I mean, at this point, like, your, <laughs> your goal needs to be to get to Seattle's 40. Get set, get six, seven yards, and go it's, again. It's, you need fifteen yards, right? Yeah, exactly. It's Russell, not great, right? And then he hits Williams for nine yards to make it. So it's third and fourteen. He hits Williams for nine yards to make it fourth and five with a minute and it was about a minute five. one. Once you watch the once you watch the game, yeah. so at a minute one, a minute one, they wait until twenty seconds to call a timeout and then kick. I think the thinking, and to Breach's point, I think at that point they're like, we're going to run the clock down because we're going to kick it no matter what. Idiotic, because you traded for Russ Wilson. Well, I would say this. If you're going to kick, run your field goal unit out there and kick. And you still have three timeouts left. So if you miss, then Seattle gets the ball back, but has to run it three times, and you get a new call timeout, and you might get the ball back with like 25 seconds left. I don't disagree with that. Well, you'd get it back with like five seconds left, but you'd still get it back because it, you would have been left with about 55 seconds. And then the let's Seahawks. Say, let's, let's say a minute one and you sprint them out there. By the time you kick, it's 45. But, and then you call your three timeouts. Here's the then, thing. They're, 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 don't worry I, about this part. Go for it. You have Russ Wilson. If it's Drew right. Lock, sure, oh, kick it. No one cares. Whole, oh, no, no, no. We're not. Brent and I aren't saying that you should, saying like, he like, should have like, gone for it. We're saying if you were going to kick the field goal, do it at the 55 second mark when you could conceivably get the ball back if you force three now. No, no, I get like, that. That's like, like if he, they were like, here's three pathways. One is a long shot of you getting the ball back and having a second field goal attempt. Here, the other one is Russell Wilson gets to try for it on fourth and five. And here, the middle path is actually labeled stupid hole. Run right through there and kick a 64 yarder. Like, what, like, that is the you run the clock down to 20 seconds and call timeout. And then they Let's, missed it. And Pete Carroll even iced him. And then he missed it again because it's a 64 yard. I do goal. love how Nathaniel Hackett was frantically calling timeouts with four seconds left in the game. Like, that was going to match. Like, what do you hey, let, let me ask you guys something. Let, let's rank the the first year coaches. We know who's going to be in last, but just for fun. So Kevin O'Connell absolutely destroyed the Packers. Mike McDaniel absolutely absolutely destroyed uh, the Patriots. Brian Dable with a come come from behind win against the Titans. Matt Eberflus uh, with a come from behind win against the 49ers. and Nathaniel Hackett. All right. Well, so I think the first. Well, Doug Peterson technically too. But so the first three guys. No, you no, mentioned- n- new coaches. New coaches. Oh. Is that all? I think so. Like the first year guys, like the first time guys. Let's just say sorry. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, it's five guys. That's a lot of guys. There's eight new characters. Oh, Lovey Smith. Man, I don't know who the other one is. Off the top of my head. Uh, Dennis Nick, Allen. Nick Daniels. Oh, yeah. And, and Josh, Josh McDaniels. That's right. Oh, Josh McDaniels. Oh, yeah. So you're right. Those are the only first-time head coaches. So well, I would... Well, that's interesting, though, that you point that out because O'Connell didn't have to deal with any major clock management stuff. Dable was like, you know... But, but here's the thing. O'Connell was dialing up plays. Kurt Cousins and Adam Thielen said... I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying, like, when you're when you're a first-time head coach and you're trying to make these decisions under pressure, like, are you making, it, are you making excuses? No, I'm crit- I'm saying I'm saying none of the other guys, McDaniel and O'Connell, didn't really have to deal with any like like crazy late situations where you're you know you could Andy read it up. Brian Dable went for two with the game of the line. Right, Brian Dable is Brian Dable gets an A plus for that. Nathaniel Hackett is. By far the lowest ranked guy yep. on here because of uh, Brian Dable equivalent would have been if uh, the Giants got called for a 15 yard penalty on the two point conversion and then still went for two from the 20 yard line. No, no. Or hey, they get called for the 15 yard penalty and then they take a knee. That would be <laughs> the equivalent of Nathaniel Hackett. Like, what are you doing? I, like I cannot even believe, and the thing is, it was so bad. The whole end of the game decision making sequence was so bad that we're we're not even talking about Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams fumbling at the, the one yard line. Yeah, huge plays, and they've been completely overshadowed by just part, possibly the worst decision making by a coach. Goal to goal plays for the Broncos, zero turnouts, two fumbles. They yes. lost two fumbles from the one-yard line. The last team to do that in the game was the 1987 Chiefs in a week three loss to the Raiders. Oh, and four in the red zone. So By the way, let me say quickly about the, let me say quickly about the Javante uh, Williams fumble that went into the end zone from the, the inside the five-yard line, maybe from the one-yard line. That also was Nathaniel Hackett's fault because part of the concern was that time after time after time, the play clock was down to two. Every one day. zero, and this is the team last year under Vic Bangio. I believe what had the was the least penalized team or one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. And they were racket, they might have had more penalties than had points by the time this thing was over. It was pretty close. So the fact that they couldn't get the plays in on time consistently, which blows my mind. Nathaniel Hackett was a was the play caller in Green Bay, wasn't he? That wasn't Matt LaFleur. Am I, am I correct? He was definitely the play caller in Jacksonville with Blake Bortles when yeah. they made that. He was a play, uh, play caller in Green Bay. So I don't know what is going on. Like I don't know what happened. I don't know if he, he oh, was no, he's a play caller. But he still called the plays in Jacksonville. My point is that he should be able to get plays in on time with a veteran quarterback when they've had months to prepare. Now, and this is where I think it's a little interesting though, because there was it was a, a, a pretty um big point of emphasis on the Manning cast. And I'm not sure if it was um I listened to the first quarter on the bucket eight I forgot the Manning cast was going. Um also he was was he in he, was, he came to Green Bay with LaFleur, right? Yes. Yeah, he did. Um, so I guess LaFleur was calling the play calls, or it was, was calling the plays, but he still, you know. He called the plays at Jacksonville. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, he's had experience. There's um, no excuse. But there was a debate about when Russ is calling plays and when Hackett is calling plays and whether or not, and, and, and the issue that I, I heard Peyton talk about and frequently because he talked with Russ about this is Hackett sends a play call in but then it like gives Russ some options where you can audible to him. And you have to wonder, did that result where Russ is like overthinking these aud- these, these audibles, these options at the line of scrimmage. Stop yourself. Wait, just stop for a second. Number one, Russ is not a rookie. Number two, he was going to against Geno Smith. We're making excuses. You're not making excuses, but you're giving alternatives. Part of the problem is like Hackett's getting the, if, like, is like, what is the system in place? Because Russ left and demanded more control. Is Hackett giving Russ a play call plus three options and he's going out there and he's like sifting through his playbook on his arm. And then all of a sudden it's loud and you're getting down there. Like, I wonder if that's part of the problem. And if, cause that's something that will persist throughout the year. That I was thinking about this during the game and, and I was guilty of this when Russ got traded, I was like, Pete Carroll is a fossil. He needs to move on. He's too set in his ways. He wants to run the football there. Breach. What do you think about the theory that, that Russ maybe? was a pain in the ass and, and Pete just didn't want to deal with it. Cause we've seen the reports they came out at the time, but they were sort of resurfacing in the last week or so about how they tried to trade Russ several times. Once to the Cleveland Browns back in the day, um, presumably because they, they just thought they could win with other quarterbacks that again, presumably were less of a, a pain in, in Pete's side in terms of 
dictating what they wanted to do as opposed to what Pete wanted them to do. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson were not on the same page at any point that Russell Wilson wanted to be in the kitchen. Let Russ cook. Pete Carroll is the most old school football coach you could ever have. He wants to win by running the ball and playing defense. And if your quarterback wants to throw the ball all the time and you don't like doing that, then uh, you're going to clash. And I think that's what happened. And eventually the two just had to go their separate ways. I mean, even this game, Gino was on fire and, and they cut, they only threw 10 passes in the second half. So, uh, you know, it is, uh, Pete's thinking we have the lead. We're just going to run the clock out and uh, play defense. And hopefully that's enough. And it worked. So, you know what? This is classic Pete Carroll ball. It, it somehow worked. There's no reason it should have worked. Can, but I, it worked. Can, I, can I, I mean, I look, I'm not trying to jump the Seahawks bandwagon now. I am actually. Yeah, you are. What are you talking, <laughs> what are you talking I mean, about? Like, but I feel like what I said, the Seahawks want, I, I said this several times leading up the season. But they want. I feel like they did it. They kind of they muddled the game up, ran the ball a bunch. In this particular game, they threw a lot more than I think we expected them to. Before but, you get going here, didn't we all agree that we were concerned about Denver being good this year? Yeah, I picked I, them to I, win the Super Bowl, Wilson. Oh my God, you're an idiot! <laughs> all right, go ahead. Did you win the Super Bowl? Yes, I picked them to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, to yes, be honest, this game didn't deter. And like, I don't feel worse for that pick. I mean, yes, they lost, and that's horrible. But when you fumble twice on the one yard, these are things that haven't happened in 40 years. It takes 40 <laughs> year events for you to lose. So to me, that says they played a good game. They made two dumb mistakes. Their coach made the worst call of all time. And if those three things don't happen, the Seahawks probably are probably. I had, I had Pittsburgh, the Giants and Seattle to win. And I still went seven, eight, and one straight up. That is so pathetic. <laughs> Ooh, straight up. Wow. Uh, the leader straight up, Jamie Eisenberg, 11, four and one. Yeah, Wilson's done already after week one. He had his run last year. He is out. <laughs> yeah, you had a good six and ten for me. Very nice. Ten and six for me. Nine and seven. You. Nice try. Bro. So, uh, Brett, so before you before you go on extolling the virtues of the yeah, Seattle Seahawks, what was your last the the very last pick in, in the Super Bowl draft for you? What was that team? Um, the Jaguars. So, Brent, Ooh, Breach, would, I, if, would I trade out the Jaguars? Breach, the if you're amenable to this, I'm willing to let Brentson trade the Jags for the Seahawks since he's so high on this team. He's high on the Jags. He's picking them on the AFC South. Yeah. All right. You can do your number five team if you want to swap out your or number four team if you want to swap out your number Saints. four. Yeah. If you want to swap out the Saints, I will not let him swap out the Jags. He can swap out one of his top four. Okay. Yeah. But he has to do it before week two kicks off. That's right. So you can All think right, about I'll, it. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Um, Did you, you you don't like to put your money where your mouth is. Like you start saying nonsense, it's and then you true. like I'm the king of I'm the king of irrationally putting my. All right, well, go ahead and and make up whatever okay. story you were gonna make up. Sam Bruce Smith different. has a good comment here. Russell Wilson hasn't showered, hasn't changed, still wearing his chef hat, been <laughs> sitting his locker, staring his phone's lock screen image of Ciara since the end of the game. What is happening here? Oh man. Breach, you are never going to escape that week one. Weapon. Oh, that's great. I hope this team until the Bengals are one in 16, and I won't care. Oh, man. The Bengals aren't winning anything. Don't worry about it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, all right, let's take a break. And yeah. when we come back, we'll talk about this game a little bit further. Next. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua, and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter, and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film, and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. He is far from over. We will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. So, so I have a question. Did, have we seen Nathaniel Hackett's comments as to what the hell happened down the stretch on, on the Twitter machine? I know he spoke. I saw him, but obviously we were doing the podcast, so I, I didn't get a chance to, to hear the words that came out of his mouth. 
I can only imagine they didn't make a lot of sense, but I didn't know if anyone had seen them anywhere. Let's see if I'm trying to find it right now. Um, oh God, I had to run it. All right, Breach's tweet actually got some decent engagement. That's annoying. way to go, Breach. Congratulations. Okay. Hope it was worth wasting exactly. our time. I'm gonna mute you. I'm gonna mute you for that. I'm gonna report that tweet. Why don't report, report it? Report it for being off. Myself, everyone on Twitter, next attacked. Actually, I'm gonna get in trouble if I do this. Actually, um, anyway, uh, okay. I, but I think this is like this is sort of the point that we've been trying to make about this is this was sort of the part of the the reason why I picked the Seahawks to win this game was and, and I was worried about the Broncos. You have a first year head coach implementing a new offense, a totally different offense for a quarterback who was traded to the team and is still getting on the same page with the receivers. And and so like there's a, there's just a lot going on if you're Nathaniel Hackett. Like there's a, like you're dealing with a lot and no, I'm not trying to make excuses for him. I'm saying like well, this, I just told you the other first first year coaches that all did well in varying degrees and they have nowhere near the talent. I'm just saying that it should not be surprising if a first year head coach sort of bobbles the ball. And it, like, this is this, the Broncos are probably gonna roll next week and it's fine. But they're playing the Texans. Are they gonna win that game? Yes. And it's at home. I think they win by a ton. I would hope so. Jeez, I mean, they're playing. I mean, like that, but like this, this, this league is very like there. The margins are small for winning and losing and making the playoffs or missing the playoffs in this league. And that game, having to go to Seattle against an inferior team, albeit with you know a lot of emotions flowing, with a first-year head coach, and again, you're implementing this whole new offense. Like the Jerry Judy touchdown, really, like that. That's that ball should have been batted down. Now, granted, they should have scored twice. I mean, they could. Yeah, uh, Kobe Bryant unfortunately got beat early in the route, and Aikman talked about it, and it's just yeah, yeah. He, he, he get over. back, and he, if he gets his hand, up, he did get hard. back, and I that was that was good for him. But um, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, 11, twelve what is it? Twelve targets, eleven catches for Javante Williams for sixty-five yards. What is this offense? I'm not making excuses for Nathaniel Hackett, given the way the other coaches coach. I'm, I'm criticizing his offense. Yeah, but you're acting like you're not surprised where we saw the five other or four other head coaches win the the first year coaches win. Two in a convincing fashion, two others in come behind wins. Uh, one, particularly Brian Dable, with with some gutsy decision making towards the end of the football game. And Nathaniel Hackett, like his brain locked up in the fourth quarter, and you know he was basically Bernie Lomax over there doing God knows. I mean, just making one bad decision after the next. Uh, Breach pointed out too, though, like the, the or maybe maybe you did, but like not getting the. I mean, like it looked like they could have gotten. First of all, they they got at least three delay of game penalties, maybe four. It could have been 15. That ball was being snapped at zero almost every time. And on the Manning, on the Manning cast, Peyton kept pointing out, he's like, look, if the fans are watching the clock, they see the clock winding down, they get more riled up, it gets louder. If you're smart, you get your play in and get your get, snap the ball with 10 seconds left on the play clock. So you're not play clock. So you're not worried about getting the ball out and like having to deal with that. It, it, it would felt like a very, I don't know. The whole thing was botched. It, it's crazy that we're talking about Nathaniel Hackett instead of the fumbles at the one yard line, as Breach said, I believe. It is crazy. And th- but that's how ridiculous and absurd it is that he attempted this field goal. Um, and Debo threw it in there that he said after the game that uh, Brandon McManus's max range was 64 yards. And that even, and this is the crazy part, he got a free kick because the Seahawks called a timeout and he missed that one. And Nathaniel Hackett could have said, wow. This kick really has no chance. Why don't I send Russell Wilson uh, out there? Actually, Hackett this said, just give me a mulligan. He said they felt. Did you say this or did I? This is yeah. This, okay. He he felt like there's no one. There's no one who's telling him, "Hey, bro, 64 yard field goals are not easy to make." There's two since 2000, and you'd much rather give Russell Wilson a chance at converting fourth and five, which he, I'm not saying he certainly would. I can't believe Russ was like calm. No, and and not two since 2000. Two in NFL history ever. Oh. Russ is always calm on the sidelines, but he must do some shenanigans behind the scenes that, that gets, you know, people like Pete Carroll riled up. By the way, Pete Carroll just Kaiser associated up after the game. He said, I was surprised he took Russ out at the end. We weren't thinking field goal there. <laughs> we were thinking they were going to get him all week, all day. I mean, I, I love it. I love it. And he ended by saying, it gave us a chance to win the game on that play. Very fortunate there. <laughs> what an old man duck there in his, in his Seinfeld sneakers. Way to go, Pete Carroll. My bad for for doubting you. You were you were right. 
Um, look, they made some crazy draft picks in, in recent years, and they've done some things that left me scratching my head. But it looks like after week one, and we always overreact after week one, that they maybe perhaps did the right thing with uh, with getting rid of Russ. I mean, look, they're a better team with Russ, but they certainly weren't. That wasn't a concern in week one. And they were able to bolster the offensive line. They got Charles Cross. He looks to be really good. Abe Lucas on the right side looks to be really good. Uh, their third-round pick. Uh, Tariq Woolen, the, the the cornerback, played pretty well. Kobe Bryant played. Um, he struggled there. He didn't play after that. But but they they have some young people in place. And, and Britson, you need to go back to make your point about how they're not going to win the division because I think that's what you're going to say. Isn't it weird that um, – Not going there. No, it, it's like, why didn't you run this playbook with Russ? <laughs> they threw the ball. It's not like they ran the ball 50 times a game. It did look different. <laughs> I, the defense and the offense were totally different. Well, the defense, I think, because they knew, because Russ has Russ, seen it for, for sure. For sure. Yeah, probably, maybe, maybe they go back to the cover three. But show. the offense also. Offense looked like they were like, hey, Gino, different. do whatever the F you want. <laughs> like he was, he was like, ju- like, like moving in the pocket, throwing downfield. They did not care. I, I, do think- I tell you what, man, and I think Breach said this Gino was, he played the best game of his career. Like he was balling. I mean, Gino's he just his first thirteen passes. Like, who would have ever imagine being able to bet on that? No one would have taken that bet at any odds. They, the Jets kicked Gino to the curve for Sam Darnold. Whoops! And the and the Giants had Gino on the roster too, and they drafted. Well, Gino is the guy who made Eli Manning go to the bench after starting. And that's got Ben McAdoo fired. And now, ironically, Ben McAdoo's coaching Sam Darnold, who got who drafted. Kick Gino to the bench. Um, um, that was wild. That was that was a fun football game. If you were not in, ooh, interesting. Fan. DK Metcalf wrote greatest player I've ever played with on his jersey when he swapped with Russell Wilson. God, these guys are writing way too much on jerseys. This is outrageous. Who cares? Find a jersey. Let's move on, fellas. It's it's fine. Just because social media is what you live on, people can write things on. On. I mean, I'm a long writer. You're what? I write long. I like to write. Big writer. You should be more long form, Brinson. Yeah. I will. By the way, uh, Debo mentioned this in, in our little chat channel there. Jamal Adams has a serious injury uh, that includes damages damage to his quad, which is sort of weird because he did it on the um, on on a play where I think he was he, he was, blitzed Russell, right? And he, he just seemed like he sort of rolled a little bit. It wasn't like his knee got stuck in the turf or anything. It was a, a weird looking injury. So that's too bad for for Jamal and, and the Seahawks. Who yeah. wins not more injury games? Too. The Seahawks or the Broncos? What'd you say? Who the wins Broncos. more games this year? Yeah, the Broncos. They're they're my fifth team. Broncos have to play six more games. This the Seahawks played awesome. Everything they did was awesome. But I feel like if these two teams played ten times, the Broncos win seven of them. I was joking at the beginning of the podcast. This is exactly how the Steelers won. Like everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Bengals. Everything that could go wrong went wrong for the Broncos. And you know we talk about Zach. Taylor, like Zach Taylor, didn't do anything this stupid. He punted with 15 seconds to go, but there's an explanation that the long snap. Zach Taylor is off the hook. No one's going to remember what <laughs> Zach Taylor did in Week One because literally, anytime Nathaniel Hackett makes even a remotely questionable decision for the rest of the season, yeah. everyone's going to point to Week One and say, "How does this guy still have a job?" Do you think Vic Fangio is smoking a cigar right now? I'm just feeding he's smoking up. weed. He's in Colorado. He's getting high. Maybe he's getting high as balls. Who knows? Just kidding, Vic. Sorry, Vic. No, but like I said before, Breach got done sending out all those stupid tweets. Like uh, Rick Passaccia and, and Vic Fangio are sitting there, sitting around having cigars and, and drinking, drinking. Uh, what do they drink? Casamigos, because I love that. Casamigos. Going like, how did we get fired? Like, what Ryan, is going Ryan on? Gets the tattoo, starts drinking tequila, reposado on the rock, like neat, and is like making weed jokes left and right. <laughs> this guy's yeah. I know. Like, you are you are in the you are in a vortex of a midlife crisis. It's amazing. Absolutely. Wait till I get a sports You're car. You're so us. close to getting a, like a motorcycle. Oh, motorcycle. Better yeah. Motorcycle. To drive like riding like BMW motorcycles. Motorcycle and a toupee. That's up next. Love it. Um. And real quick, this completely overshadowed a, a pretty phenomenal second yeah. half performance by the Broncos defense. Uh, I, I think they yeah. gave up less than forty yards. Uh, Nick Chubb got one. They end up, up a total. They end up with two fifty three. Um, they gave up thirty four yards in the second half. That's it. And so let's let's see how did the uh, let's see the possessions there. How did the possessions go in the second half for the Seahawks? They went uh, fumble which is the DK Metcalf play. All right. P- 
punt, punt, end of game. So they literally had four possessions, did nothing. And what did the Broncos do to respond? Fumble inside the five, fumble inside the five, field goal, missed field goal. That's how they responded. And that, boys and girls, is how you lose to a team that you, I don't know, what was the spread? Must have been like seven or something? Six and a half, yeah. Yeah. Sweet mercy alive. And the Broncos put up not even 200 yards. So it's not like they were great. They put up 176 in the second half. So but here, when you outgain someone 176 to 34, you know, you think that you're probably going to win that, especially if you're only down by four points at the half. You feel like you're going to win that game. You're going to score more something points. dumb like try a 64 yard field goal. Yeah, that, that a lot, not even a lot. I would say 85% of this was self-inflicted by the Broncos on the field and especially with the play calling. But, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't care about that. Geno Smith doesn't care about that. Seahawks fans don't care about that. Broncos fans very much care about it. And, you know, the crazy, I always root for teams to try long field goals because I love watching long field goal attempts. And I, so I wanted the kick to go in in that sense because I was thinking, oh, McManus could hit the second longest field goal in NFL history. This would be so cool to watch. So, like, the historical part of me wanted to see it go in. But the part of me that loves total chaos was like, this has to miss and this needs to turn into a total poop show. My advice to Nathaniel Hackett, other than hiring someone to tell him how to handle late game situations, is just stay off. Like, don't watch any media. Don't watch ESPN. Don't watch CBS Sports HQ. Stay off the internet. I wouldn't say that. I would say watch CBS Sports HQ, but don't watch ESPN. <laughs> Fair enough. But because he's going to be in his own head by the time by the time week four rolls around. Like, all right, so, all right. Let's uh, let's do what we will wrap up the podcast. Uh, by the way, if you have any it. questions about this game in the chat on YouTube, uh, let us know. Also hit the like button. I'm trying to end this thing at 40. I'm I'm shutting the the end broadcast button, but I wanted to ask quickly, what did you think? This is something that I uh, like. You're trying to turn this off, but you have a new question. Six minutes, six minutes. I know. The reception of Russ by the Seahawks crowd. Um, I was fine with it. I was fine with it. Like Russ wanted Russ wanted out. Yeah. You what? He Russ wanted out. He he asked out. He. This is not like Peyton leaving India and coming back. And it's like, it's and again, it had been a year and a half, but he was cut and he was been there for 14 years. So if it yeah. ends salty, it's okay to act that way. Or, you know, you would probably act that way. What do you mean? Or, Just booing or something? Like, mean, something more than booing. Like, no, yeah. It's it's not like those trashy Cowboys fans throwing trash at Dak Prescott last night. Cowboys fans are losers. They didn't throw trash. They, 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 they're yeah, trash. He's going to like with his broken thumb. That's almost as bad. That's almost as bad as that playoff game where the Bengals fans were throwing bottles at Ben Roethlisberger when he got carted off the field and came back and beat them because Vontez Perfect ran into the tunnel. What is happening here? (laughs) Uh, Um, I I have no. If they were booing Russ Wilson, that's fine. Like throwing trash at Dak. That's that is Russ was there. Russ was there less than ten years. 2012 to 20. Won them a Super Bowl, but exactly most important player in franchise history. Steve Zorn would like a word, but okay. okay. Dave so Craig would also like a word. No, it's not even a debate. Dave Master Steve Largent would like a word. Okay. Walter Ken Jones. Ken like, I'm not saying best, Ken most Sherman? important. Ken Griffey Jr. Ooh, Russ is probably the most important, but like Russ, I mean. The no, Russ is easily by a thousand miles the most important player in team history. Who else is it? Chad Brown. I mean, Walter Jones is like one of the greatest tackles of all time. I'm not saying I, the best. Please. I'm not saying like the best at his like her position. Well, yeah, if, if it's the most important, then I'll take Richard Sherman. I'll take Matt Hasselbeck and uh, Sean Alexander. Sean, Sean Alexander won MVP. Russell doesn't have an MVP vote. Okay, that's it's, <laughs> this is a weird. This is a weird. Uh, I'll take Stephen Hauschka. <laughs> this is a weird about face oh, for Stephen Hauschka, NC State, <laughs> NC State legend, by the way. Uh, by the way, you used to claim Russ Wilson. Yeah, Russell, Wisconsin guy. Russ can f off. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 a quintessential. No, no, I mean, I, like, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'm, I'm really playing more devil's avocado than actually disagreeing with the statement. Like he probably is the most important player, but the Super Bowl they won was a Legion of Boom defensive Super Bowl. And yeah, against Russ, a Manning team that did not show up. And yes, as Joel McHale reminded Peyton Manning this evening. Um, and then Russ, remember they had that, the meeting in um, Hawaii or whatever, where like, 
after the after the Marshall after they let Russ pass in, in Super Bowl forty nine, he throws the pick. What happened in the meeting? Well, apparently, like like Russ had a come to Jesus meeting. Basically, Pete Carroll was told pick between Russ or like the Legion of Boom, and he picked Russ. And that's so. I mean, you could argue that the deterioration of the Legion of Boom came about because of Russ, and then Russ asked to get traded out after. There's the, a, the Seth Wickersham story as well, which I was reminded of tonight, where Russ uh, was Richard intercepted Russ during the uh, practice and said, "You suck," and maybe it's not a big deal that's during the, the, that's the Hawaii meeting. That, that's the one uh, during the course. Of, maybe it's not a big deal during the course of a practice because I've yelled at you two that you guys suck, and you know, half jokingly, but maybe Richard. I have. A, I keep a running log of it actually. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't have any issue. Zero issue with them booing Russ. So that, here's here's my like fan approach. If this was me, cheer pregame, recognize the accomplishments, the most important player in, in franchise history. Boo him like crazy every time he touches the ball during the game. Yeah, but you're an evolved fan. I don't think most fans are. They're <laughs> just like this guy didn't. This guy hates us in terms of you know tribalism. Right, my my piece got this. Is, this is a good point. This is like a little weird. Pregame, they showed it on ESPN the, in the in the pregame show. This Russ walked out to midfield. He walks out to midfield like in his uniform. He closes his eyes. He puts his arms out. He like yeah. spins around. It's the most recent comment. She described it better than I did. But he like spins around, and, like soaks it up, and then because Lisa Salters is talking and they're showing like he's like saying what's up to coaches and former players. And they're like, now I will say, he never there was quote no exchange between he and Pete Carroll, and, right. And I'm not, I'm, that not too. To, I'm not trying to dog. I'm not trying to dog Russ and say he's not. I mean like Russ is a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, he, he, they don't win a Super Bowl. Russell Hall of Famer. Preach, is he a Hall of Famer? Yes. He hesitated. All right, go ahead. What else? They, they don't win the Super Bowl without him, but I, I do think that, like, if you're defining those. You just made the case that it was the Legion of Boom who won the, won the, the, the Super Bowl. Do you disagree with that? Didn't you just say five seconds ago that they wouldn't have won the Super Bowl without him? Well, but they, they definitely don't. They, have they won a Super Bowl without a Legion of Boom since? No, you just made the case that they. I'm saying that I'm saying that they don't win it with Matt Flynn. They don't win the Super Bowl with Matt Flynn. Russ is part of the reason why they won the Super Bowl. All right, make up your mind. But I'm saying that the Legion of they haven't won. They haven't won a Super Bowl since the Legion of Boom fell apart. Wow, people yeah. are saying Russell is an easy Hall of Famer. I don't know if it's easy. Is he getting before? Or after Philip Rivers, if you have one vote, uh, Rivers will be in before because Russell will still be playing. No, no, I'm asking if you I'll have one, one... Or Rivers. Yeah, <laughs> there. I actually throw Russell in a river for Rivers. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, all right, so Seahawks. All right, real quickly. Oh, oh, see, Debo, this is your fault. No, but, you got four seconds. Go. And we have, and we're gone. Um, Seahawks are at the 49ers. Falcons at home. At the line, no, Seahawks are uh, Seahawks host the tes- Texans. Oh, sorry. Oh, Texans. Oh, well, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what? Um, not, I got one wrong. Fine. Let's go fine. ahead. You got a couple things wrong. It's fine. Seahawks are at the 49ers, host the Falcons, at the Lions, at the Saints. Their next four games. What is the Seahawks record after those four games? Two and two. What? Well, that'd be five games total, Wilson. Three and two. Are you drunk? Are you been pounding those eyes? Those cautious. Oh, you included the Saints game? No, I'm including the game that we saw tonight. Oh, yeah, but you're going to week five. I didn't. I thought you stopped at the lines. Um, two and three. Really? I think three and two. I think three and two at worst. I do too. I think it'd be four and one. Well, are they beating the 49ers? If Trey Lance is not. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to ask you. Are they beating the 49ers? I don't know, but what do you think? that? Uh, I haven't looked. What do you think that line is? That line's going to be, well, I guess it just came out. Probably, let's see. Uh, it is going to be minus. It was eight and a half last night, but I want to know if it changed from there. Yeah, it's going to be minus four. It's eight and a half. They Still? Have they have an update. You can bet it on Caesars right now at eight and a half. Then you should take the know. Seahawks plus eight and a half. <laughs> I uh, yeah, I think so. I don't know. I don't think it closes eight and a half. Well, unfortunately, lines don't determine your win-loss record. Are they beating the 49ers? Um, I'll take the 49ers at home, but I think okay. give them a match. so uh they'll beat the Falcons at home. Let's give them that. Are they beating the Lions? Because I'm not sure they are on the road. Yeah, they're better. Yes. I don't know. I'm telling they're you, man. This is better, and it'll be a good it'll be a fun game, though. There's not, a chance. And then so those two games they have to win. Because I don't think they're 
It's a little tougher to beat the Saints. They could win that game clearly, but it might be a little tougher. Yeah, same. Yeah, same, uh, probably don't beat the Saints on the road. I think they. I think they're three and two. I know this much. When they get to week six, they're winning that game by 40 points. Against the Cardinals? <laughs> yeah, that's just a shot at Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray. Sure. Uh, you mean the less handsome version of Pete Carroll? Yes. And what about the Broncos after five games? Uh, Houston Texans. You want to give them that win at home? I think at home they win. That, that. is going to be the survivor pick du jour. Then the 49ers at home. I feel like they can win that at home. They should win that at home. This is still a good Broncos team. They they have a lot of. We'll see. At play at calling La- leaves a lot to be desired. At Las Vegas, toss up. That's I'm a, taking the Raiders. I would take the Raiders there. And then the Colts at home. Colts look on, terrible. On a That's night a Monday night game too. Well, let's rank the coaches. Who would you wow, rather have? A lot of Broncos in prime time. Who would you rather have, uh, Nathaniel Hackett or Lovey Smith in Week Two? You can't rate Nathaniel Hackett right now because no I one really would want him for anything. Lovey Smith. Well, no, Lovey Smith punted on that like, instead of going for the That's <laughs> the fact that you the decision. Because the, the answer to every other question is not Nathaniel Hackett. It's whatever the Texans did to prepare for that week one game was better than what the Broncos did to prepare for that. That's true. Game. That's a good way to end it. Thank you. Oh, I thought you were going to go coach by coach. Um, I'll say I the Broncos that. win. I think they hold serve at home and beat the. Uh, yeah, sure. They're beating the Texans. Broncos might be two and three after five weeks. Well, I'm glad they beat the Texans beat the Colts. I don't know about the 49ers. Yeah, I think that's right. Or the the Raiders. I think they lose to the Raiders. I think okay. they're three and two. Also, here's the NFC West division odds: Rams plus 130, 49ers plus 145, Cardinals plus 460. Seahawks fifteen to one on season. The fight. first place Seattle Seahawks are. I'll take fifteen to one. I'll bet fifteen to one. Right? Do, you, do you guys want do to do it right now, Brinson? I don't want. You guys, do you guys want to give me fifteen to one? Yes. Uh, Caesars is giving you fifteen to one. We don't I'll give you fifteen to one. Uh, Wilson's giving you fifteen to one. You give me twenty to one. No, I'll give you. Yeah, actually, I will give you a trillion to one. <laughs> you can retire. How about that? I don't want to do a trillion. You always can bet one dollar. One dollar, and you're broke. You can't pay them. Give me twenty-five to one on twenty-five dollars. What is that math? Twenty-five to six twenty-five. Yeah. I pay you six twenty-five. Right, what's the most you'd want to pay out on the Seahawks win the division bet? A uh, hundred bucks. What? Well, no, I'm not a. I'm not a book. Why? Why would I want to pay? So you Brenton will bet five dollars at twenty-one odds. <laughs> Twenty to one odds. All right, I'll do that. Five dollars, twenty to one. I'll take Tom, the Tom Watson in the, in the chat says he'll give you twenty to one, so you can take it up with him. I'm not giving you any money. <laughs> So you won't do it. You're, you, I thought you won't put your money where your mouth is now. Oh my god! I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll take this mouth. bet. But if you lose, you have to get a tiny little tattoo. That breaches little face. Oh wait! Oh didn't the uh, didn't the, did the podcast awards come out? Did we know. I should be on like this. We I'm lost. pretty sure you didn't win. Today, All right, we're at forty-five. You're five minutes past. Debo wants you to wrap this up. Real Go ahead, quick Debo. today, uh, final day for you to check your email if you. Haven't checked, search people's choice, see if you have a vote. If you have a vote, you know what to do. You want this <laughs> tattoo. We will find out on September 30th. So two and a half weeks away from finding out Brinson's fate. They're not we're not winning, I don't think. No, that attitude. Never say never. Devo Devo's doesn't feel like we're winning. I don't want to give you any uh recent standing updates because Ah yeah, this is good for me. <laughs> would it's not great for you. Oh, <laughs> what? Wait, really? It's not great. I mean, there's. Are a you couple- have to release the latest standings? Somebody I'm going gonna, to get I'm a tattoo about it. Gonna, if, look, if we win the award, we're going to tattoo. Whatever, I don't care. Yeah, okay, you say that I, now. No, no, no. If we win the award, I get to walk around telling everybody I have an award-winning podcast for the rest of my life. Really? Go Tar Heels. Okay, now you're just lashing out. By the way, uh, we didn't talk about Russ's stupid tuxedo that he wore to the game, and he said afterwards, I don't think it was the wrong decision. Uh, Did about his outfit? Not the, not the outfit, the, the, the decision to keep the field goal, but he's wearing that stupid uh, outfit with the bow uh, tie. Well, you know, Mahomes wore the same outfit, too, to the Chiefs game. It's like a little So weird. did Blanche Dubois from Golden Girls, as someone put on Twitter. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty good. Um, I've never seen Golden Girls, obviously. but uh, the I crush Golden Girls. The... I'm not getting a Tar Heels tattoo. Wait, seriously, are we in first or second or third? Going Don't in? worry about it. Well, you'll find out what you find out. One of those spots. 
Yeah. Like, I hate you. All right. So look, let's let's squeeze another 13 minutes out of this podcast. Come on. Breach was slapped. Oh, he's, he's on mute. He's so stupid. <laughs> he, one more quote from Nathaniel Hackett real quick. He said, I was expecting to have to go for it on fourth down, but Javante did an incredible job to put us into field goal range. And his other quote was that 64 was the max. So if Javante Williams would have literally gotten tackled one yard yeah, farther sure. back, he would have gone for the fourth. They would have gone for it on fourth and six. Breach, let me ask you this, and this includes Lovey Smith. Of the 31 other head coaches, how many of them would say that 64 yards is, quote-unquote, field goal range? Uh, I think Zach Taylor would have tried a 64-yarder. But not this situation. They wouldn't have let 50 seconds run off the I clock. That's the difference. I if there was three seconds left, Justin talked. There's probably 10 coaches that would have tried it. I guarantee you John Harbaugh does not think 64 yards is is worth if you have Lamar Jackson at fourth and five with that situation, the time on the clock, three timeouts, a minute to go, you are not trotting Justin Tucker out there to kick a six-four yarder. Would you agree with that? Well, the difference is if you were playing the Ravens, you might call a timeout to preserve time in case Tucker makes it so that you have 50 seconds. You know, like the dynamic changes based on how good the kicker is. Shane Sharp of the minicast was like, he's like, no, he's like, you pulled the first one, aim at the right. Uh, the right, the, the right upright, and 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 if he'd done that, he would have made the field goal. So Shannon Sharp, Shannon Sharp, what is he? Justin Reed, all of a sudden, he was slamming Hennessy on the Manning cast. It was amazing. He was actually really good. Uh, all right, would you rather bet this? Seahawks fifteen to one to win the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl to no. win the NFC West, or Broncos four to one to win the AFC West? Um, I would take the. I would actually take the Seahawks. <laughs> Broncos. <gasps> Broncos. Oh, I guess you have them as your Super Bowl team. They're not winning. Anyway, the Chiefs division. are still plus one twenty-five to win the division. That is a bet we should make every week until bang the Chargers. No, take the Chiefs, man. We're taking the Chiefs minus four against the Chargers too on Thursday. I wouldn't do that. I don't care what you want. All right, we've Thanks, already gone man. over nine minutes. Good lord. Whatever. We're at fifty minutes. Debo extended it longer. It's not my fault. All right. Mm-hmm. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Smash the like button. Subscribe, rate, review, et cetera, et cetera. If you've got a vote left in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. Rise and shine, football fans. This is Susanna Fuller from Morning Footy, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Galazzo Network covering the breadth of the global game. Join me, Nico Cantor, Charlie Davies, Alexis Guerreros, and guests every morning for the perfect blend of news, analysis, conversation, and exclusive interviews. If you love soccer, then look no further. We've got you covered for Europe's top five leagues, the W Gold Cup, the Champions League Knockout Stage, CONCACAF Nations League, NWSL, MLS, Transfer News, and much more. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Subscribe to Morning Footy.